You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Today's scripture comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 24 to 28. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what, what already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. And God, who searches hearts, knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, for who are called according to his purpose. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of the questions I receive often, uh, or one of the topics of questions I receive often as a pastor is prayer. How should I be praying? What should I be saying? Why should I pray? And does it really do any good? And so I'll talk with the person, and I might make some suggestions, and I could give them a list of tips, like, well, you might journal or make a list, or make sure your prayer time is honest and open, set a time and a place for prayer. Don't do all the talking. But the bottom line is that prayer is relationship. Prayer is relationship. And if you want to have a relationship with someone, you have to be intentional. You have to talk and you have to listen. And if we want to be in relationship with God, it's the same thing. We have to talk and listen. Prayer is our compass. It's what guides us, and it's what, how we commune with God to find out um, what we should do, how we should serve, the choices we should make. It's what guides us. A few years ago, um, for my, my mom had a big birthday, and for her birthday, our family went to Stratford to see two or three shows. And um, we spent the whole weekend there, except that Mike and I, my husband and I, didn't. So our kids stayed with my parents and my brother and his family, and Mike and I came home on Saturday because we had to go to church, of course, the next day. And so um, we left after we saw the play and after we had had dinner, and we're on our way out, um, out of Stratford, and we're like, okay, we remember how to go. This, we remember this direction. And so we were driving out, and we drive by um, some things that looked familiar, and then all of a sudden, it wasn't familiar. And so I said, okay, well, let's just put on the GPS now. And um, there was no service, no signal. And um, of course, we couldn't ca- call anybody at that point either. So we just kind of kept going and hoped that maybe we would get there. And uh, pretty soon, we had a signal. And so we tried to call my brother, but he was in a show, so his phone was turned off. And we tried to call a friend back home and thought, well, you know what? Maybe they can guide us. They can you know, go on the computer and figure out what the GPS would say for us. 
uh, you know, that, that'll work, right? So we called him, and he gets on his computer, and he's like, okay, so give me some information. Where are you? I, I don't know. We don't, it looks like, uh, you know, Ar- Arlington Street. Uh, okay, well, I, I, it will, no work. So we just kept driving, and finally I said, you know, why don't we just go into that convenience store and see if maybe they can help us get back on the right path in order to go. Why did it take us so long to think about even going and asking someone for help, right? It didn't occur to us until that point for, you know, because we're so used to just, well, we can look it up on our phone and we can, uh, we can find it that way. And even if we can't find it exactly, someone else can find it on their phone for us. Well, maybe also we just had forgotten how to ask for help. Or maybe we never knew because we're taught to be self-reliant because we got out of the habit because we don't want to seem helpless or stupid. I think sometimes that's how we uh, approach prayer. Sometimes it just doesn't occur to us to pray about something. But the thing is, whether whatever excuses there might be, and God knows us. God knows what's on our hearts. God knows what we're thinking. And so God knows we're not stupid. God knows us because we're God's created beautiful people. And God just wants a relationship with us. When we don't take our problems, our concerns, our questions, our thanksgivings, our need for direction to God, we find out that we're really pretty lost. Now, the Bible is full of people who God gave direction to um, and who needed help where they were going. For example, Abram, right in the very beginning of Genesis, God calls Abram and tells him to take everything that he has, all his family and everything he owns, and go to another place that God has prepared for them. Now, there really wasn't any GPS there, not even maps, nothing like that. And so what did they have to do? They had to pray. They had to have relationship with God in order to know where they were going. Same happens later with the wise men, right? They're on their way to see Jesus. They have been tracking everything by the stars, if I only knew how to do that. And they were on their way. But then in a dream, God speaks to them and says, you have to go back a totally different way, the way you hadn't prepared. How do they do that? Through prayer. Time and time again, the disciples don't always know what they're doing. And Jesus sends them out anyway. He sends them out two by two. Go to, uh, go to these lands and share the good news. Tell them about me. But if it doesn't go well, just dust off your shoes and go somewhere else. How do they know where to go? Prayer. Jesus said, come to me. And they did. Now, in order to know where to go, All of them had to have a prayer, have a conversation with God, and they had to listen. I think that's the hard part about prayer, just listening for God's voice. You have to be quiet. You have to listen. You can't be distracted. And a lot of us don't know how to sit still. Some of us are very good at it. Some of us aren't. We have to turn off and tune in, and we can get antsy. It's not natural to just sit and listen for God. It doesn't feel natural. Why? Well, we're sort of taught to pray as if it's a grocery list, right? 
You want God to do this, and you, and you want to check it off. I want this, and I want that, and I need this, and I need that. Please do that, and, you know, just check it off. But the thing is, absolutely, there are times for prayers like that. But we tend to offer directive prayers to God instead of listening prayers. God, I don't feel like this is going my way. Please give me some direction. Or a prayer like, God, speak to me about this need I have. Or God, please forgive me and point it out to me the next time I go down this path. An extrovert like me has a hard time just sitting and listening. And I suspect maybe for some introverts that's hard too. So I do actually have some good tips here. First of all, play some music. God communes with us through music. We approach the divine, I've said before, with music. And when you listen, God speaks. God moves us. God speaks to us. Another thing is to journal. I had said that at the beginning, and journaling is a way to have an ongoing conversation. So you might say, you might write down what you are asking and, or what you're talking about, what you're offering for Thanksgiving, and then and listen and write what you think that you are hearing, what God is saying back to you. Another way is um, poetry. There are so many beautiful words out there about God's creation, about relationship with God. You can just look at the Psalms, for one, and that will get, speak to you and, through poetry. But um, there are some wonderful poets who help us to know the hurts of the world, to see the beauty of creation, to connect with God. Uh, poets like Anne Lamott and Joyce Rupp and uh, Brennan Manning and Walter Wang Wangerin. And also, I want to encourage you to look at Scripture, to meditate on Scripture. I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I will read a Scripture, and then maybe a month later, I'll read again that same Scripture, and I hear it differently than I heard it the first time. Well, that's how God works. God works through Scripture to speak to us. And um, we can hear how God wants us in relationship, and when we read a passage over a few times, or when we look at a different translation of the Bible, we often hear different things as God speaks to us, as we just continue to ask, what is God saying to me as I read the scripture? And the last thing is there are apps for that. There are prayer and uh, devotional apps like ourbibleapp.com, pray.com, rethinkme.com, and another way to use your phone is to set a timer and say, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to listen for 10 minutes and have the alarm go off. Now, why are we talking about prayer during our generosity focus? Because giving is all about prayer. Praying for how God wants to use you, praying for how God is calling you to give of your time and your talent and your treasure. Now, just a few minutes ago, we reminded ourselves of our baptismal vows as we promised to support Nora. And we promised again to support the church through our prayers, our presence, our tithes, our gifts, all of that stuff. First was our prayers. We promise to support the church through our prayers. And so the reality is, friends, we need your prayers. 
We need your prayers for our ministry, for our direction. We need your prayers for our children and our seniors. We need your prayers for the ministry, for those um, with whom we're in mission, and for how God might use us as a congregation to serve our community and world, for all the possibilities. And the reality is God might say something to you that's different from what God might say to me, but just as in the body we are all many parts and we come together, that's the same. We all hear from God and bring that together to sort out and figure out how God is calling us. We've been issued a challenge to dare to dream. And we need your dreams. You're a part of this church, and I want to know what your dreams are for this church. And so over these next few weeks, I pray that you will um, take some time in prayer, that you'll ask God to um, give you direction on what to, how to serve and what to give, and that you would pray for Clarkson United Methodist Church and how our ministry might grow. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to take a prayer walk. Things like this are easy to skip, to say, okay, well, you know, I've seen the church before, I know what they're going to say, or I've got, you know, lunch plans, and just walk out the door. You may know the church building, you may know the plans for the ministry, but my hope is that you will participate in this prayer walk, that you will use it as an intentional, reflective time to pray for the church, to pray for the various places in the church, and to dream as well. Because we need you, we need your prayers And I want you to envision what's possible through this church and dream. God has plans for all of us. We just need to listen and dream along with God. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.